It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. The Royals continue to throw money around and make themselves a dark horse candidate to compete in the American League Central. What do we think about it? I'll tell you next on Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another jam-packed episode of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. We're also live on TikTok and Instagram, so give us a follow over there at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. It is very easy to find us on wherever you listen to your podcast. That can be Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and on YouTube. We are so close to 700 subscribers, which was our goal before Christmas Day. And it looks like we're going to shatter that with about a week or two to spare. So very excited about that. And the big goal for the next couple months is to get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube by opening day, which I have already bought tickets for over on Game Time. And I think for a lot of people, I think you are going and buying tickets today as well, as hopefully I've gotten you pumped up enough on Twitter or maybe just listening the last couple of days to go out there and spend some money to go support the boys in blue on March 30th against the Minnesota Twins. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. It's crossover season. You know, free agency is in full swing. Maybe you like betting on players and where they're going to land, but go over now and create your account on FanDuel. It's so easy to do, and we are a big supporter here on the Locked On Podcast Network and specifically on the Locked On Royals channel. Right after you listen to today's show, Go over and create your FanDuel account and start placing some bets before the weekend kicks off. If you want to know a little bit more about me and you're a first-time listener, why well, just work here in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. You got a show once a week over there. And Monday through Friday, I got a show on ESPN Kansas City where I talk all things sports. But when you come to this podcast, you know that you are getting 30 straight minutes of Royals baseball. And we may run out of time today. We got so much to dive into. I had planned on this being a Mailbag Friday segment. And we're still going to get to questions that were sent in by the listeners. I don't want to stomp on that at all. But as you know, we got plenty to get to in this opening segment. So let's not waste any time. Earlier today, the Royals signed Hunter Renfro and Michael Waka within about a span of two hours of each other. And Hunter Renfro was a bat that I don't think I'd really had my eye on. But he kind of fell in the same category as like Chris Stratton for the bullpen, who they also 
announced officially uh, roughly about 30 minutes ago from when I began this podcast. But Renfro was an option that I thought, you know, was certainly a possibility because I knew he'd be cheaper. He was coming off a down year. But in 2021 and 2022, you're talking about an above average bat for the middle of the lineup. He's got a tremendous arm in right field. And, you know, I put this out on Twitter and I really stand by it that the Royals had an option for right field. They either could have gone with Olivares or Drew Waters, gambled on the upside, a younger player under club control, cheaper than Hunter Renfro, or they could have raised the floor and said that, you know, Hunter Renfro is a guy that we think is going to bounce back to 21 or 22 forms. And we think that even last year, though we had a bit of a dip in overall production, he ran into 20 bombs and he was a middle of the lineup type of bat and played just fine out there in right field. And they felt like that was a better option based on how they were assembling this team. Of all the moves they made in the offseason, this probably ranked toward the bottom for me, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because pitching was the priority. And I think every guy they brought in for the rotation and the bullpen makes a ton of sense. Uh, that goes all the way back to getting Nick Anderson via trade from Atlanta. I, I think I have found positives and value in just about every single one of those moves. As for Renfro, I think as I sat back on it a little bit and I did some more digging as to why they picked Renfro over a Tommy Pham or maybe broke bank for Lourdes Gurriel, I mean, the writing was in the wall right there. You know, they wanted to get a Michael Walker, a Jack Flaherty, or a Marcus Stroman, and that simply wasn't going to be a possibility if they dropped the bag on Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who was going to make a pretty decent sum over three to four years. And he's another guy who's around 30 years old. You look at Tommy Pham. He's older than Hunter Renfro, better numbers last year, but also has had some clubhouse issues before. And even though I liked him, I would have looked past that. Maybe he was looking for a two or three year deal. And the good thing about this all with Renfro being a bat that maybe you go, oh, not a high OBP guy, big strikeout guy. Uh, the best is behind him. I, I get all that, you know, for an argument. But to me, I looked at the free agent market for corner outfielders. None of them were true high OBP guys. And the ones that I thought would be worth bringing into Kansas City. I mean, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., probably the biggest upside based off what he did for Arizona last year. But he was going to be expensive. He wanted a three to four year deal, likely. And I don't think the Royals wanted to commit to that for a corner outfield spot. Tommy Pham, age, probably a concern. And he didn't have the best of years last year. He had a pretty good start with the Mets and then kind of tailed off with Arizona. But of course, they rose to prominence throughout the postseason. I looked at Michael Brantley, a guy I really liked, but Michael Brantley missed basically the entirety of last year and age is a concern. And Michael Brantley was probably the highest OBP of those guys, but age and not playing last year, at least the chunk of the season, factored into that decision. So for Hunter Renfro, you're banking on the upside of he's going to run into 25, 30 home runs. Um, and then you kind of have your your pick here is if the Royals are contending and a weak American League Central by the deadline, you can hang on to him. He's got a player option next year. He could theoretically stay in Kansas City. If you're out of it and none of this goes well, but Renfro's hitting well, you could flip him at the deadline. He's an affordable price. You didn't have to break your back financially for a move like that. All in all, I think it's a good upside move. It's good pop in the middle of the lineup, and I think the Royals are counting on him to return to his 2022 or 2021 form, which would be an absolute steal based off what they got him at. As for Michael Walker, this to me was a guy that I had put 
Number three behind Strowman and Giolito. I'm going to stand by that. But also for the price they got him at. Once again, very good value. Michael Walker last year uh, was very serviceable for San Diego. I remember he took a no-hitter into the eighth inning against the Royals. So I'm sure they liked him from that point. Uh, another player option where he could opt out after next after this cup coming year, excuse me. But the numbers are there. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have a 188-inning workload in him. Last year, a sub-140, but the numbers were incredible. He won 14 games. ERA was in the low 3.2s, and you take that. I mean, Michael Walker is this opening day starter, right? It could be in spring training if they wanted to make it Cole Reagans just to kind of have the flash for it, but Lugo and Reagans were signed to provide relief for Cole Reagans and Brady Singer. They're not expected to be this 200-inning guy and have no help behind them. Walker and Lugo absolutely give them that relief. And Michael Walker, I think, has the best chance of anybody just to continue that trend of being a very solid foundational pitcher, which is why the Royals liked him. At the end of the day, I think it came down to, do you give Marcus Stroman the $23, 24000000 million a year for two or three years? Or do you say, all right, Michael Walker, basically a one-year deal worth $16 million. If he pitches well enough and he moves on, maybe you got the best out of him in this upcoming year. But at the end of the day, man, this is all about contending. This is about competing. If you are against the Royals spending money here, if you're saying, oh, they're they're still going to lose 90, what's the harm in them trying? What's the harm in them trying, trying to spend money here? The lottery system is, is screwed. There's nothing good about the lottery system. If they lose 90 games, it, it doesn't really mean much because the lottery could give them the first pick, the third pick, the fifth pick, or the seventh pick. It, it's really just a crapshoot at that point. There is no fault and trying to contend and spend money in this week division, which is what I've been harping on with this front office for about the last year. They threw money at their problems, and I can stand by it. If you're not as high on Lugo or Waka, that's one thing, but these were guys that were in the price range. And for the free agent market, the starting pitching market, these were guys that were inside the top 10. And it was not likely the Royals were going to get two of those guys, and they did, to round out this rotation. You know, you're going to have Waka at the top, Reagans is the two, Lugo is a three. I mean, even think about this. Brady Singer, who could bounce back as your number four. Last year, he was seen by most to, to begin the year as the ace. I mean, it's a night and day difference with this rotation. And it's a rotation, I believe, that can pitch well enough to contend in this division, at least long enough. I mean, that's a lot of reliability, a lot of experience, a lot of consistency. Waka was just as consistent as Lugo was in San Diego. And no, San Diego didn't make the postseason, but those were two guys that were great to pair alongside Snell. It was a great rotation last year in San Diego. I don't fault the Royals for going after that at all. A-plus offseason. You went out there. You've already signed six free agents. You still want to add one more bullpen arm. Why would I complain? Why would I complain in the slightest about what they're trying to do? They weren't getting Otani. They're not getting Snell. Stroman was still a possibility, but... They liked Walker at the price a little bit more. This team is trying to make themselves a dark horse candidate to win the American League Central and get back into the postseason. And if I would have told you that after losing 106 games, you would have unsubscribed to this channel. But don't stop unsubscribing. Send it to people who haven't subscribed so we can continue this Royals content throughout the offseason. But an A-plus day for the Royals. A-plus season, offseason, I should say, for J.J. Bacolo. And you know what? John Sherman gets a lot of heat. He opened up the wallet a little bit. He allowed J.J. Bacola to go out there and spend, and this team 
might be one of the most improved teams in the American League in 2024. We are not done, not even close, with tons of content for this edition of a Mailbag Friday and a Friday segment of Locked on Royals. we got about 15 or 16 questions to get into, so let's get into that next on Locked on Royals. This Locked on Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are tuned into Locked On Royals and the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at J underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. We're also live on TikTok and Instagram at locked underscore on underscore Royals. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to the title sponsor today in FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. We got about 15 questions to get into, and I had anticipated just doing a Mailbag Friday segment today, but with the signings of Renfro and Waka, had to pivot a little bit. So if some of these questions are outdated, I apologize, but also give a unique spin so we can have some more discussion here on this Locked On Royals episode. Starting things off with Decomposed Banana, he asked on Twitter, is the lack of left-handed pitching in the bullpen and rotation cause for concern? Also, assuming, assuming Marcus Stroman is not coming, who are you targeting for starter number two and an outfield bat? Well, the last part of the question already been answered. It's Renfro and Waka. The Royals got their number two guy. I would probably say their opening day starter unless they pivot and just go with Reagans because whether you start on opening day or not, it doesn't mean you have to be the workhorse of the rotation. So you have Renfro and Waka for the corner outfield bat and the number two starter. As for the left-handed pitchers, I mean, having Reagans – you know, as your top-of-the-line guy being a lefty, throwing as hard as he does, that's always a bonus. You know, it's not a guarantee Jordan Lyles makes this rotation. I have him there now just because they're paying him to be in the rotation. But you'll have Chris Bubich coming back and Daniel Lynch and Angel Serpa may make a starter too. Uh, J.J. Bacall mentioned Anthony Veneziano. Those are all guys that are going to get starts, I think, at some point this year or at least pitch out of the bullpen. So no concern for me right now. Also because, you know, the – the rules have changed in baseball. Loogies, uh, you know, the lefty pitchers that only face one guy, really, or just go face two lefties in a row, those days are gone. You had to face three batter minimum. So having those loogies, they they no longer have value in a bullpen. But I would like to see them add maybe one more left-handed arm for the bullpen. That could be Matt Moore. But I also would love another right-handed arm like a Ryan Stanek coming out of the bullpen breathing fire. Up next, we got from Eski on Twitter. Do you think the Royals should try and trade for Logan Gilbert of the Mariners? He could be an ace for us to put up really good numbers and has four years of control. I, I just don't think the Mariners are going to unload Logan Gilbert for what the Royals have to offer. That's kind of the, 
the sad reality of it, if the Royals are to make a trade, you're not getting frontline guys like that. Not yet. You are going to need to start hitting on draft picks a little bit more and then put yourself in a spot where that makes sense to unload for a starter. But Seattle, they're kind of tied up in money right now. They're not going to just trade away a really good pitcher with years of control unless you had a top prospect or two or three to give to them. Royals don't have that. If they are to make a move for Seattle, which now I feel like it's pretty unlikely, I'd look more so of Bryson Miller, who is seen as a possibility, you know, or excuse me, yeah, we have a woo as well. And then you could also go after a guy like Emerson Hancock. But again, I think the Royals are out on that now just because I think the rotation is pretty much filled out. Bear asked on Twitter if you could package Lynch and Melendez for a starting pitcher, who would it be? Um, I think I could also go back to that Seattle route. If you could get a, an Emerson Hancock or a Miller, that would be a young, fun pitcher to have in the rotation. If you went to Miami, uh, you could look at an Edward Cabrera. But again, at this point, I'm not sure the Royals want to subtract from their lineup unless they had another corner outfield bat they were going after, which it doesn't seem like it at this point. So that, to me, makes it feel like MJ Melendez's spot is safe. Could always be wrong, but the Royals, I think, consider him to be a good bounce-back candidate, especially for what he did in the second half of the season. RB Cower, I asked on Twitter, what is impact, according to JJ? Yeah, I mean, I, I set out this tweet last night, so I know a lot of these questions are going to be outdated, but impact meant Michael Walker. And I do think it is an impact starter. It stabilizes this rotation, brings a lot of consistency to this bunch. And this rotation, I mean, seriously, I'd put money down right now as one of the most improved in not only the American League, but all of baseball. The bar was incredibly low, but Waka and Lugo are great rotations to pair alongside Singer and Reagans. And if Jordan Lyles can be the five and just be somewhat average, slightly below average, I can take that for my number five starter. Next question we got from JHB. He said, if they sign or trade an outfielder, as JJ said, then how or what that would go to, how they go about it to make it accomplished. I mean, yeah, I understand now some of these questions are going to be outdated. If I can maybe spin this into a better answer, you know, I, I think with Renfro, maybe they envisioned a little bit of like a Kendry's Morales type thing where you have a guy who's coming off a down year, but really was good two years before that. Uh, ben Intendi comes to mind as well. I mean, he was downright terrible before the Royals acquired him. And you just kind of view, you know, back-to-back -back years of being good before the down year. You play the odds. You put him in a lineup where he can thrive a little bit more. That's why I think they came down to Renfro. And as for Waka, probably Pricing. You know, and also, Michael Waka had, maybe of everybody, the least amount of red flags. I mean, Lugo... First true year as being a starter. Stroman, really expensive, bad second half. Giolito, really bad second half. No, Michael Waka didn't have many red flags other than age. And you got him an incredible value. That's what I think it came down to with J.J. Piccolo and company. Next question we got here uh, comes from Tom Timmons. Adam Duvall at all fit for Kansas City. Uh, now we know with Hunter Renfro being the corner outfield bat, listen, you know, it's They've got their outfield now. I think it's going to be Isbell, Renfro, and Melendez in opening day. Uh, that that fourth outfielder I could see being Drew Waters if they want to hang on to him and and kind of be that switch-hitting platoon guy. But that outfield is set. I think they they really like what they have in Renfro. They really like what they have in Melendez. And they feel like Kyle Isbell can give them enough offensively to be their everyday center fielder. This one comes from Paul. Uh, I know they're targeting a right fielder that the market in free agency is thin to begin with, minus Teoscar Hernandez. Also, the $30 million to slightly more would be then uh, used up on a starter. Do you think 
they will crash with Robbie Grossman or resolve it via trade. Uh, kind of same thing with Adam Duvall. You know, it does not mean the Royals are done signing. Uh, that to me has been very apparent. The Royals are not done signing. It really does feel like they want to add one more bullpen piece and maybe they want to go after some depth. I mean, some 40-man roster moves had to be made. And again, if you're just, you know, listening along here and going, you know, shoot, all these questions are outdated. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, there were 15, 16 questions that I did not anticipate to be answered before we had this segment. But if they're still, I think we can factor in. Like, just because they go after one guy doesn't mean they're completely done. And in all honesty, until Christmas Day when J.J. Bacola said everything would be kind of settled down, I'm not going to say they're, they're done signing. I mean, I think they're just about to their limit. But as for a bat, I think that it's all but wrapped up at this point. I would feel pretty confident in saying that. Next question I have here comes from Camden. What are the plans for Edward Olivares in the Kansas City Royals? I, I said this earlier on Twitter, and always be sure to give me a follow at Johnny J underscore 15. You know, Edward Olivares had a fit as a stopgap guy, but injuries were a concern. Inconsistencies defensively and base running gaffes made him at times almost unplayable. The option they have here is to try to flip him for some more minor league pitching. We saw them flip a guy for uh, or flip a guy in Taylor Clark for some prospects, and that seemed to to work out pretty well. So I think there could be some market for Edward Olivares, but if there isn't, he's probably going to be DFA just because there's a log jam out there. And where do you play Olivares? You know, with your corner outfield bat, you've got power in Renfro, you've got power in Melendez, you've got defense, a specialty for Kyle Isbell in center. And then for your fourth outfielder, do you want a guy that can't play any of those spots? Or at least not well, I would say no. I think you want to have Drew Waters out there as your fourth outfield bat because he's got pretty good defense. So to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I mean, I just don't see a situation in which Edward Olivares survives the 40-man roster. I think they're trying to work up a trade or just outright DFA him. Okay, we still have a couple more questions to get to before we wrap up our show today. But before we take our break, one shout out to Locked On Sports today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. When we come back, let's wrap up some questions on a Mailbag Friday segment and send you off into the weekend, Royals fans. You are listening to the Locked On Royals channel on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome back into Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. Well, funny enough, after we just answered that question about what to do with Edward Olivares, I'm glad I did not finish up recording and this happened because we do have some breaking news, at least while I am recording. And, you know, it's a little bit delayed, of course, but the Royals traded Edward Olivares to the Pittsburgh Pirates to open up a spot on that 40-man roster for Chris Stratton. That was one of my expectations, and then lo and behold, five minutes later, we find out Eddie O is on his way to Pittsburgh. We'll see the return, but also could just be cash. I'll keep my eye out for that, but I'm sure we'll know by the time we post this podcast in about 30 minutes or so. 
Uh, to wrap up the show, just want to get some last questions here to make sure I did not miss anybody. I know a lot of these. I do apologize that you know didn't get to this sooner. Maybe I shouldn't have done a Mailbag Friday segment on a Thursday night because the Royals have been active all afternoon long. I know a lot of a lot of the questions involved what pitcher are they going to go after, what corner outfield bat they're going to go after. But, you know, kind of the pivot here, because the remaining questions I do have on my Mailbag Friday kind of involved, you know, which starting pitcher they're going to go after. I don't really feel the need to repeat myself. Let's just continue to dive into the reality now here in Kansas City. Uh, the good thing about this off is that it appears J.J. Piccolo and John Sherman have listened to the fans. Um, and that is important to have that connection with front office ownership and the fan base. I think they were fully aware of the disaster in 2023, the attendance problems in 2023, the outrage of the fan base. I, I will go on record of saying that that was maybe the most venomous I have seen the Royals fan base in my lifetime. Um, I just kind of want to say, because back in the mid-2000s, it's almost like you had accepted the team was just not capable of anything more. Like growing up in the time period of the 04, the 05, the 06, the 07 Royals, you just didn't know any different. I mean, early on in my lifetime, I knew the Royals were bad at baseball. There was nothing I had to compare it to. I didn't live through the 80s. I didn't live through those golden years of Royals baseball. So to some fans... There was some venom, but also keep in mind, too, to add an extra element, social media wasn't around. No, social media wasn't around in the early 2000s where people were firing off like this became such a venomous, you know, fan base, probably in a good way, though, to force the issue. Because what you don't want to have happen is your team lose and then you don't have a fan base that cares, right? Royals fans care. They're passionate about baseball which is why it made them so angry this was what was being put out there. I mean, you couldn't build on anything. You, you were looking at 2018 where they lost 104, and then five years later they lose more games? How does that compute? And the good thing for what J.J. Bacolo and John Sherman recognized is we can't wait around, man. We want to have sport in this team. We want to have good attendance. We want to fill the ballpark. We want to, you know, have the support of a downtown stadium. Those are all things they factored in. And I know I've gotten questions to kind of throw in more questions for Mailback Friday. I've had people ask me, you know, was this just about uh, putting on a good face, putting on a show? Hey, I'm the owner of the Royals. Here's some money here, but I'm just kind of doing this to get your support. John Sherman hasn't been in good light in Kansas City because the team has not been good. And they haven't spent money. Now they're finally spending money. John Sherman does want to win baseball games. Like, I've never doubted that. He never came across to me as an owner that was, you know, as bad as Oakland's. You know, a guy that said, well, you know, we just need to, you know, work up our, our stars. And then when they need to be uh, up for a contract, we'll just trade him and get more pitching prospects. Or we'll go get more young prospects. I never saw that. You know, I know that the big goal here still is signing Bobby Wood Jr. to an extension. But step one in that process is showing that you can win here, right? I think the happiest group I am thinking is, or at least the, the group I am happiest for, that was the best way to go about this. The group I am happiest for is not so much us, the fans. It's not. It's not for the people that cover this team. 
It's not the front office and the praise they're getting. I'm happiest for Bobby Witt Jr. today. I'm happiest for Vinny Pasquantino, MJ Melendez, Kyle Isbell, Brady Singer, Carlos Hernandez, Daniel Lynch, Chris Bubich. Guys that have been doing nothing but lose. All they've known at the big league level is lose in the worst of ways. Bobby Witt Jr. has not won more than 65 games yet. He hasn't got to play in a meaningful baseball game yet. Now they're giving him that opportunity. And so to the point of the extension to convince somebody that they can be here, we're going to win here. You have to have off seasons like this. I mean, tell me how you convince Bobby Wood Jr. to sign here, but don't make the moves they just did. How do you convince him to sign here if you lose 100 again? There would be no incentive to stay here other than I'm making a lot of money. But I'm sure a lot of players now look at somebody like Shohei Otani and go, do you re-sign somewhere to never play in a meaningful game? I mean, look at Mike Trout. I know I'm kind of poking fun at the Angels here, but the reality is, you know, Mike Trout signed an extension there with the hope of, I'm going to get to play meaningful baseball again. He may never get to. And players look at that and go, I don't want that to happen. I look at Shohei Otani, I could play out the contract I have and then go make some amount of money and get to the postseason every single year. You have to show it's worthwhile here. And though Michael Walker and Seth Lugo are not true number ones of what the Dodgers would have. They weren't number ones in San Diego. Uh, they wouldn't be number ones uh, over in Philadelphia. Like, that's not the point of this. The Royals went out there and added $30 million to their rotation. They're trying to contend. They're trying to compete. They're trying to show the fans and its players, we're going to give you this chance. It's now up to you. Last year was about, can you be a guy we rely on? They found they could trust Bobby Wood Jr., they found they could trust Michael Garcia. They liked Kyle Isbell. They think they can do the same with Melendez, with Massey, with Vinny, with Fermin. When they have those guys, now it's about part of you have some sort of core in place. And it doesn't have to be linear. I think we all had you know, gotten in our mind that it had to be the same way the 2014 and 15 Royals rose to prominence. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be lose, 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 build up a farm system, Call up those guys, trade farm system guys for pitching, and then let's roll. Baseball doesn't work like that anymore. The lottery system threw a wrench in all of that. And maybe in the end, it was a good thing because you know what it did? It forced the issue for J.J. Bacolo and company to make moves like this. If you already haven't bought tickets for opening day, I'm urging. Go to game time right now. Buy tickets for opening day because Kaufman Stadium is going to be packed. You can tell there's legitimate juice and buzz around this team now. And even if it doesn't result in a division title, a postseason win, we are talking about a team that just lost 106. The fact we're even convincing ourselves, talking ourselves into winning that many baseball games, that shows you these were the right moves. You know, people nationally are saying what the Royals are doing is good for baseball. You don't lose a lot of games, cry poor, and then lose some more. They lost a lot of games. They figured out their problems. They're trying to fix those problems. And it may not result in 80 to 85 wins, but they're trying. And now in the landscape of baseball, there's no harm in trying. There's not. If you don't make the playoffs, you still can mean the lottery this upcoming year. If you sat on your hands, if you sat on your butt 
and had everybody else signing these guys, you would have lost 100-plus again. And if you didn't like who the Royals signed, who'd you want them to go get? These were two starting pitchers in the top 10. They've raised the floor of the bullpen. This team is going to have significant improvement in 2024, and it's about time we start and realize it. Well, that is going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals and the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 1-5. And find us on all the podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. You enjoy what is hopefully a fun and relaxing weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday, Kansas City. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 